we have an eternal word tonight from God. <clears throat> Most of it will be coming out of the book of Revelation. But before we go there, I want us to turn to the book of Ephesians because I want to lay some groundwork for you. Ephesians, the second chapter. And we're going to deal with verse 18 through 22. Ephesians chapter 2. Verse 18 through 22. Let's bow our heads, please, real quick. Eternal God, our Father, thank you. Thank you for the blessedness that you have given us and placed upon us, the favor. Father, we thank you for the health that you have given us. We thank you, Lord, for sustaining us once again. God, we certainly bless you, and we give all gratitude in holiness to you, Father. And Father, as we build ourselves up in our most holiest faith, and as we continue to pray in the Holy Ghost, Father, we ask that you will continue to see fit to take care of us during these times of life that we're going through, not only in this nation, but in this world. And God, we honor you, and we want you to know, Lord, that we certainly appreciate you. Now, Father, I lift up this congregation before you, Lord, before your powerful throne. And I ask the favor, Lord, that you will take care of them, that you will keep them, and that you will guide them forever in the way that we all should go. This is my prayer. In Jesus' name, amen. You know, John said in the uh, book of Revelation, chapter 21 and verse 1 and 2, he says that I, John, Behold, and he speaks about a new heaven, and he speaks about a new earth. He says, and I, John, I saw a new heaven and a new earth, and the former, which is the old heaven and earth, he says, it has passed away, and there was no more sea. In other words, behold, I make all things new. He goes on and he says in verse 2 there that, And I, John, he said, I saw the holy city. That's that holy encounter with God, that new Jerusalem, that new peace. He says, I saw it coming down 
God and it's coming out from heaven and that's what I want to deal with tonight I want to build on something that we dealt with before somewhat but I want to go further because there's a time and a place for everything and we're at a season now where there is a time that God wants to take us further into his eternal resting place. It's a time where God wants to give us another area of himself in eternity. Because eternity is a very serious place to be. And when we take hold and get a glimpse of eternity, we grow up quite fast in the Lord. And we begin to turn a lot of other things loose because the higher we go with God, the easier it is to leave this old world behind. You see, we keep being pulled back to nothing. So we have to look further into eternity. So this message today is called Eternity with God. Look at what Ephesians 18 through 22 says. It says, for through him, him being Jesus, we both have access by one spirit unto the Father. Paul is speaking about him as well as the people that he was speaking to, which were the Ephesians. The word Ephesus means the highest peak of God's revelatory knowledge. So these are the people that Paul was talking to. He wasn't talking to people who were on an elementary state. But he was speaking to a group of people called the Ephesians that had taken hold of the mystery of God by revelation. Because we see in Ephesians 3.3, God says, uh, Paul speaks, and he says that how by revelation has the mystery been given unto me. So that when you read it, you will understand my knowledge of what it is that's being said, that's by him. That's, that's what he's saying to them. It's by revelation that the mystery of that book that you hold in your hand is given. And without the Holy Spirit, you won't be able to open it up. We've been shortchanged so long to we don't know what the mysteries of God really are. When I say we, I'm talking about the body of Christ. Because it is the body of Christ that I'm concerned with. It's not just us. It's the whole body that I'm concerned with. But Paul says, for through him, we both have access by one spirit unto the Father. And now, right now, therefore, we are 
no more strangers. We are no more foreigners. But he says, now we are fellow citizens with the saints. And of the household of God. Fellow citizens with the saints means everybody that ever lived, everybody that will live, and everybody that's living now who've accepted Jesus Christ as their Savior. Because no man, not even those that died before Jesus, has been excluded from the hearing of the gospel. That's why Jesus went to hell, which is the grave, to preach the gospel, it is declared in the book of Peter, to the dead. The gospel was not only preached to the living, but the Bible declares that there was an altar call in hell, which is the grave where Jesus went to preach. So if you ever want to know what Jesus was doing before he was resurrected, he was working down under, preaching the gospel. Check the book of Peter. He said this gospel was preached to the dead. The same as it was preached to the living. Otherwise God wouldn't have been a fair God, would it? It's by the blood of Jesus. See, we don't preach enough about Jesus no more. We don't preach enough about him. So we are in the same fellowship. We are fellow citizens with the saints, the Adams, the Abrahams, the Davids, the Solomons, and all the Ezekiels and the Michaels and on and on and on and on. We're fellow citizens with them. We're in good company. We're good people. With the Ruths. With the Naomi's. We're in good company. With some good people. We're in a good family. People. That's why we need to continue to take this word that God is giving us. And that's why we need to take this assembly that God has given us as a family and honestly understand what we have here as a people with God because we're in good company. Verse 20 says, and are built upon the foundations which are the commandments of the apostles and prophets, Jesus Christ himself being the chief Cornerstone. You see, the chief thought of that which we have within ourselves is that thought of God's power and wisdom known as Jesus Christ. In whom, look what this power does and our thought in it. In whom all the building, this building, is fitly framed together. Fitly framed, you know, like a house. Fitly framed together. And look what it's doing. Grow up unto a, not just a temple, but a holy temple in the Lord. 
in whom ye also are builded together. Now they took it from being built singularly to being built together. Being built together for a habitation of God through the Spirit. See, this is talking about the construction of that new Jerusalem, which we're going to get to in a minute. But what you have to understand is that our souls are being circumcised and fitly framed together to build the new Jerusalem. You see, the city, the encounter that you'll have with this new Jerusalem, new Jerusalem is made from our souls. See, this thing is so beyond until it's just a marvelous experience to know. This secret knowledge that you're having, you don't give what's holy to the dogs. Church folk ain't going to understand it because church folks still looking for a physical city in a spiritual place when God said ain't no flesh and blood, don't enter into the kingdom of God. They still think that there are going to be streaks of gold, but they don't understand that those streaks of gold represent your thoughts being pure in spirit. So they're looking for something that ain't going to never be. So if you're looking for something that's never going to be, then if it's put right in your face, you're still not going to be able to see it because you ain't going to understand Word back here says that this building is fitly framed together. You see, that's why we have to be in unity. That's why it's so important to be in unity in the body because our souls have to fitly be framed together. And anything that's not fitly Anything that's not tooled and dyed correctly will not fit. It won't fit. And if it won't fit, God don't cast it out because it can't do it no good. Do you understand a little bit clear that we can't do it our way no more? Church folk can't do it that way no more. Get right, church. All of us. Because we're reaching another level now. For real. Don't you fool yourself. Warfare always comes before the great blessing. Now some of our blessings are already coming in. Beginning to feel things on another level now and calling it. And it's coming. Dreaming it, speaking it, it's showing up. But everything ain't for everybody right now. But this is tonight. Because God is trying to get his people ready. Let's go over here to Revelation 21, verse 1 and 2. And let's dissect a little bit more some things. First of all, in order to see... Grace, which is John, is the spirit of grace 
that's the only one that's going to be able to see this new Jerusalem. So I pray to God that all of us have that spirit of grace so that we can be able to see. Because John, which means God is gracious, the grace of God is saying here, and I saw a new, that word new heaven means a new spiritual level of truth. See, he done went up. He's higher now than what he was before. And not only did I see a new heaven, but I saw a new earth too because that new earth represents a new terrain and country. Didn't Abraham sojourn in a new country? So in order to see the new country, that new place that you're sojourning in, You've got to see a new spiritual area. You've got to see it first. A new heaven. A new level of spiritual truth. You've got to reach. You see, I keep telling you, you can't put the old, the new wine in this old wine skin called church. Because it will bust. You will not be able to deal with this. And what I'm finding out more and more and more about working with the revelatory knowledge of God is that God's power is displayed through that. And it takes away the hard work that we so sometimes kill ourselves doing, trying to construct ministry when all we have to do is let go and let God. Let God do it. Let God be the one to do this thing, you know? But because we're not satisfied with what we see with our natural life, then we start getting in the way of God. But God's word says that the vision is for an appointed time, did he not? And at the appointed time when the process is done, it'll speak for itself. That's what he said. But a lot of times we forget what God says, now don't we? And it causes us problems. So he says here that the first heaven and the first earth, see, it was passed away. That, 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 that first knowledge that we was getting, that church knowledge, see, that's gone. And that new country that we was hanging out in, where y'all know y'all used to run around and roll over and do all of that, you, that's gone. And there was no more sea. See, in other words, we're not involved in that no more. It's a new thing. And that new thing tells us that, verse 2 say, And I, John, saw this holy city, which is a holy encounter with God. See, that's the encounter that causes us not to do what we used to do no more. Not just an encounter with God, but a holy encounter will scare you. And will cause you to go stronger at the holiness of God. Because now you're seeing God in a whole different light than what you've been seeing him in. Now, what happens is, is John, Grace, says this holy encounter is in New Jerusalem. And it's coming down from God. Or down from God and then it's coming 
out from heaven. That lets me know that God is above heaven. And look what it is now. He says that this new Jerusalem, this holy city, is prepared as a what? A door for who? Who the bride? Us. We're the new Jerusalem. Now, we go over here to verse 14 through 17, and we're going to deal with it a little bit deeper. I'm going to deal with all of it. It's too much for me. But I'm going to hit areas in it where you can see and understand who you are and where you are with this thing. Now watch verse 14. Verse 14 says, And though what? Now that we know that the new Jerusalem is the actual bride. That's us. You see, this city is alive. It's, it, it, yes. Just like this temple that, that God is in now is alive. Well, New Jerusalem is alive. That's where all our souls will be connected together as a living entity. And God going to live in it. And he's going to be the temple. I don't want to get ahead of myself. But I got a word from heaven to give God's people. I'm not here to play around. I'm not here to play around. I'm on the wall and I'm not coming down for nobody. Nobody. And the wall, that word wall, is talking about the, 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 The word wall is talking about the, the area of protection. You see, when we have this encounter with this city, the New Jerusalem, there is a wall constructed that protects us. And the wall of the city has what? Twelve foundations. So this wall that protects us has in it the divine purpose of God for man, because that's what the number 12 is. So when we have this encounter with this new Jerusalem, that encounter comes with a protective agent called the wall that has with it the divine purpose of God in man with it. That's what that wall comes with. Certain things come with certain things. And in them, look at that, in them, in those 12 foundations, in that divine purpose, look what else comes with it. And in them, the names of the 12 apostles of the Lamb. 12 again. The 12 apostles, which means that it is commissioned with power. So this encounter that we have, with the New Jerusalem, not only does it come with God's divine purpose in man, but God's divine purpose in man is to commission him with power. But not on the earth this time as we know it, but throughout the universe in eternity. You see, what he does now is commission you with power on the earth so you can practice 
But then, it's a whole new level of commissioning and power. I don't want to scare you, so I better back up a little. Take you out there too far. Verse 15, Revelation 21, verse 15 says, And he that talked with me had a golden reed to do what? Measure the city. Well, we know that golden reed was a spiritual power that measured the encounter. See, God measures the encounter that we've had with him. You understand what I'm saying? That's why we can't be up in there shucking and diving. And that's why I'm proud of you. Because, you see, y'all don't grumble. Y'all just go and do. And you're getting better and better at it. And it's making my life so much easier. You know? And I like that. So this word here says that there's a measurement going on. Do you see it? And not only that, but the gates thereof and the wall thereof. See, everything's measured. The gate represents the gates represents the door. Now we know who the door is. Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ said I'm the door. So the Spirit is going to measure to see whether you came in by the door. Because if you didn't come in by the door, then you're a thief and a robber. But it's also going to measure the wall to see what type of purpose you have in God. See, you're going to be measured by some things. We all are. Verse 16 goes on and says, And the city lieth four square. See, God is looking for a total encounter. Four represents totality. God is looking for a city, an encounter that has a total encounter with him. The city was four square. And the lip is as large as the breadth. And he measured the city with the reed 12,000 furlongs, which comes out to be 1,500 miles. Now, 12 keep popping up, the divine purpose of God in man, right? 12 keep popping up. So let's break this thing down. But first of all, you got to understand that the length and the breadth and the height of it are all equal, right? Now look here. The length is God's love. The breadth is God's holiness. The height is God's glory. All of them are equal. When you have this encounter with the new Jerusalem, the love of God, the holiness of God, and the glory of God in you will all be of an equal status. All right? Y'all with me on that? Okay. Also, you can understand that 12,000 furlongs represents 1,500 miles. That city, that encounter is 1,500 miles. That city, that tabernacle is 1,500 miles square, made up of all of our souls. That's why I told y'all before that God already know how many trees of righteousness he need to put on that sawmill or build that, that city. He already knows, you see. And he's going to be inside that thing, and it's going to be moving. Oh, it's, it did, I'm trying to tell y'all something here. Yeah.
ือควรเจอ1500 miles when you count 1 plus 5 plus 0 plus 0 what do it equal 6 he talk about man he talk about this city being man I ain't finished I'm gonna I'm, I'm prove it with this word now look at verse 17 because verse 17 said and he measured the wall thereof a hundred and forty-four cubits. According to the measure of what? But then he switched and said, but to a what? He switched it. Either it's a man or is it an angel. Which one is it? Well, we'll see. Amen. First of all, you must understand that the measurement of the wall is a hundred forty four cubits. Count it, it comes out to nine. We know that nine is the Christed man because Jesus Christ died when? At the ninth hour. He entered into paradise. So, he's talking about the Christed man. And he says, it is according to the measure of a what? Man. Then he goes and he says, so he's telling you right there, he's talking about this city now. It's the marriage of a man, ain't it? Then he goes on and he says, that is of the angel. Why would he say that? Go to Matthew 22, 30. You see, when we step into our man-child condition, we won't be like the people on the earth, but we'll be like the angels, the Bible said. I'm talking about Matthew 20, verse 30. 22 verse 30. Matthew 22 verse 30. It declares. See, scripture will reveal scripture. That's why it's so important that a preacher stay with the scripture and don't be up here running mouth. By now, y'all ought to be tired of preachers running their mouth. By now. If you can't show it to me in the Word, you don't need to be showing me nothing, pulling stuff out the air that might not be conducive to what God is saying. But when I take you to the Word of God and show you in the Word of God what God Almighty is saying, then that sounds it. No negotiation. No, yes, but I think. I don't care nothing about what you think. It's what this word says. This word says that we'll be like the angels of God. The Bible says in the book of Revelation that they measured. It was the measure, men according to the measure of a man. The Christed man, who now is an angel. Because guess what? And I'm not going to get into it today. But the angel that was doing the measuring was one of the prophets and the saints. Because they was one of the last seven angels that had the seven vials which were resurrected at the time Jesus rose. Read the book. They wouldn't show themselves when Jesus was resurrected. Jesus wasn't the only one resurrected. Jesus brought up a crew with him. Yes, he did. To take back with him, called the first fruits. To set them up. He set it up. It's already in motion.
this miserable man. Y'all see Matthew 22, 30? Then that ought to be good enough to you. And if it ain't, God bless you. Now look at his word. Chapter 22, because we're going to move on. When we have this encounter with The Bible says in Revelation 21, verse 9 and 10. Look at Revelation 21, verse 9 and 10. I'm going to go back a minute. He said, and he carried me away. And there came unto me one of the seven angels. That's the angels I was talking about who were once a prophet. See, Because if you go over here, this same angel is talking. If you go over here to chapter 22, verse 9, you will see. He says, seest thou, O inner word, don't bow down to me. Because verse 8, see, you see where John is bowing down to him. He says, look here, don't bow down to me. For I am thy fellow servant and of thy brethren the prophet. Y'all see it there in the book. Right there in, in, in chapter 22, verse 8 and verse uh, uh, 9. The book is plain. The book is plain. Revelation, open book. It's not hard. It's not hard. Theology just done screwed it all up. Because theology can't see nothing in the spirit. They can't see nothing in the spirit. The worst thing in the world is theology. I don't care what nobody says. You got to come away from that foolishness. And come out from under that kind of stuff. Because this ain't got this going, this ain't got that going. When we supposed to be just right here, just stay with the book. Let the book speak for itself. Bible say, and there came unto me one of the seven angels. I'm in chapter Revelation, chapter 21, verse 9. One of the seven angels which had the seven vials. And he said, Come hither, and I'm going to show you what? The who? Bride. He said, I'm going to show you the bride. In other words, I'm going to show you, you, the Lamb's wife. I'm going to show it to you. And he carried me away in the Spirit, got to be in the Spirit, to a great. And high mountain. He took him way up there. And showed me that great what? That great encounter. The holy Jerusalem descending out of God. Out of heaven. From God. I thought he said I was going to show him the bride. So when he did, what did he show him? The new Jerusalem. He said I'm going to show you the bride. And that's what he did. I'm just showing you who you are. That's all. Just, just, just giving it to you in the Word. Now you can let some old jack-legged preacher come along and tell you different if you want to, but you better have sense enough to go with what the Word says. I'm talking everything in here. You better have sense enough to go with what the Word says. And you better have sense enough that when that multitude starts coming up in there, don't let them sit up in here three weeks and start whispering in y'all ear. But y'all better cut that mess off before it even gets started this time, or they're going to wreak havoc again up in here. Now, you got a clean house, you better keep it clean. I told y'all that before, and you let them devils come up in here. This is what the Word says. Verse 22, chapter 22, verse 1. Revelation. And he showed me a pure river of water of life. First of all, 
when you enter in to the new Jerusalem, God going to show you some things. He's going to show you what it is to have a clear current of blessings from God. That's those pure river of waters. God is going to show you what it is to have a pure current of blessings from him. Non-stop. Pure. But now, the reason I'm taking this so seriously because after I see what God is going to do, I also remember God saying, ain't no homemonger, no liar, no sorcerer, no adulterer. Ain't none of that going to make it in. So I don't want, I don't want to miss out on my blessings, y'all. And you know what? You ought not in. So that means there's some things that we're all going to have to cut loose. we got to. We have to. Guess what? There are some people we're going to have to cut loose too. You don't believe it, do you? Some of y'all are going to allow people to destroy what God has in you. But the devil is a lie. I'm not going to let it happen to me. Because you're going to keep trying to pull a mule somewhere that a mule ain't wanting to go. And the mule going to really be pulling you where it wants you to go. Now who's stupid? <laughs> the mule, no, he's mule. But the mule trying to see who stupid it is. That's what the mule trying to do. You already done seen what happened to the mule. The only thing that can happen to a mule is that he plowed. Now you over there doing the same thing the mule doing. Plowed. Making life hard on yourself. I've done it. I know what I'm talking about. I've done it. Am I the only one? God bless us. Bless us all. Then we get stupid. We forget about God like a bow in 747. Just as soon as God trying to do something in our life. And it's God. If we can't have a little kid with investigate, and God got so much more. Bible says he's got a pure river. Clear as crystal. The waters of life. He said, I come to give you abundant life. And to give it to you more abundantly. To give you life. And to give it to you more abundantly. Mm-hmm. John 10, 10. He said, pure I'm going to show. He showed me a river of water of life. Clear as crystal. Proceeding out of the throne, which is the power of God. And of the light. And right there in the midst of the street, which is the thoughts we have in this new encounter with God, right there in the midst of it, and on either side of the river, because the river actually represents the flowing of the intelligence of God in us. And on both sides, that was the tree of life. Did y'all know that we are the essence of that tree of life? We're trees of righteousness, stepped off in eternity, eternal life. We can't die, yet though we die in this physical, we can't die. We're going to live somewhere, either in heaven or hell. But when Jesus saved us, we step back into what we call everlasting life with him. Eternal life never was defecated, I mean, uh, uh, decimated. But when we step back into Jesus, 
then ever we step back into everlasting life. We step back into the right stream with God. Because eternal life flows just as far that way as it does that way. Now you can go that way with him, or you can go to this reserved place over there. And I'm going to tell you something. A lot of us don't believe that hell awaits us. If we did a lot of stuff we're doing, we wouldn't be doing it. And I'm talking to myself too. But it's the truth. It's the truth. See, it's the truth. We're more concerned about what man going to think about us than what God thinks about us. So we'll do things to hide from man. And God got some microscope right on. You know, man done lost his mind, ain't he? Man done lost his mind. But when you tell man he's crazy, he don't like that. But any man that put his pants on and zip his zipper up knows that a man is a fool. Ain't no fool. You a fool because you don't even believe you one. That's what makes you a fool. If you was a fool, Christ wouldn't have came and died for you. Well, don't tell me. Jesus said, look here. I know man. He said, look here. Don't call me good because ain't nothing good but my Father in heaven. He didn't even let him call him good. How in the world is I going to call somebody else good on the fashion of that kind of good? Just breaking it down. Just breaking it down because we need to hear some things up in here. For this new place we're in. That's a good word. He said in the midst, there's going to be that tree of life. It's going to be on both sides of that river. Mm -hmm. In other words, you know how the, the river of God flows through your soul. And on one side, you feel like doing what God wants you to do. But then on the other side, you like to do anything at any time. Am I talking to just me? Well, at that time, it's going to be the tree of life on both sides. Ain't going to be no faking. It's going to be running through, and it's going to be the way it's supposed to be. But look what else is going to happen. The Bible goes on and says here that the tree of life is going to bear 12 matter of fruit. In other words, the divine purpose of God in man is going to bring forth fruit. That's God's divine purpose, to bring forth eternal fruit in us. That's what it's all about. That's why I teach an eternal word. And if you stay up on it long enough, it'll do something to you. And you'll grasp it eventually. But it don't come overnight. I'm, I'm going to tell you that right now. It comes through much study, much meditation. And y'all ought to be glad that God has put a shepherd over y'all to give you the kind of knowledge that you're getting now. You should be glad about it. You don't have to promote me. I'm not looking for promotion. God got me. But you ought to be thankful. You ought to tell God that God, I'm thankful that you preserved this man's life. So that I might be able, oh, I tell you what, then go back and listen to that other mess. And then you'll run through them doors to break it down, unless you never grasp what was here. But if you ever taste the goodness 
believe. On the level that we get it on. You see, can you imagine John going back? Or can you imagine Paul going back to Dr. Gamaliel, them of the Pharisees, to get teachings from them? Can you imagine that? Man, I got to go this way. I didn't, when, when he hit me, I didn't even confer with Peter now. But I went on down there to Arabia, down there in Damascus, down in the desert for three years. Because all I wanted to hear was from the Lord. I didn't want to hear no religion. I didn't want to hear none of this stuff that they got on the TVs that everybody listens to. I didn't want to hear about none of that stuff. All I wanted to hear was a word from the Lord. And Operation Blessing, me and my wife were riding down the road last night. Two days ago, I had a dream. I can't tell you. But God said, I'm going to bless you. I woke up. I said, I had a dream. She thought something bad. See, when I have a dream, I have a good dream. She the one always had a more crazy dream. When I have a dream, I'm going to be blessed. I said, Brenda, God's going to be blessed. She scared at me with the dream because she thinks something bad. Last night we going home, Operation Blessing, truck. Our partners, you know, come, rode right by us in the Big Mac truck. I said, Operation Blessing. Brenda said, Operation Blessing. I said, Brenda, there's a blessing in operation for us, and it ain't about getting no truckload of stuff either. God stuck to it. That's all I got to say. That's all I got to say. And that's why. I'm so profound here tonight about God's word because God's word is true. Word is true. Now, it goes on and it says that not only are the fruits coming, but they're going to yield her fruit every month. That means every season of faith that you're in is going to yield fruit. There ain't going to be no time when ain't no fruit on the fruit tree. Better catch what <laughs> Ain't gonna be no time when they, well, you know, ain't gonna be like that old big tree that's faking the funk, putting them leaves on doing the hula hoop. That thing gonna have some bells on it. <laughs> so, it goes on and it says not only that, not only are the fruit gonna be in every month, every season of your faith, but the leaves which are the offspring of your faith. The leaves of the tree, because you the tree, and the leaves are the things that you go popping off it. The leaves of the tree, the offsprings, were for the what? Healing of the nation. See, that's what the leaves are going to be for. The fruit going to be for you to eat, spiritually. But the leaves are going to be for you to heal with. The fruit gonna be for you, not only for you, even for, for you know others too. You know, everywhere you go, in other words, you're gonna be a blessing, not only to yourself, but to everybody that you come in contact with. See, that's when you're really in the kingdom, when you can become a blessing. But you know, the problem with folk is, the problem with your church is, and y'all ladies, now y'all don't get hot. Call them the take, call them, call them take. The lady is like the church; they both the same. They'll take an abusive man and they'll drag that thing up in there and they'll keep him up in there. A good man come along, they'll abuse him. 
Don't you tell me, because I know. That's what the average woman that has dealt with them kind, and them kind of people, the average woman that's dealt with them kind of people, that's what they like. The average church that's been abused, if you ain't abusing them, they can't understand. They think that you want something. I bought a woman some grocery one time. She said, well, what? What do I have to do for this? Oh no, you can't you can't play me like that. You make me feel small now. What you got, lady? Come on, man. I saw you struggling at the counter. I don't want it. Don't play me like that. Verse 3 says, and there shall be no more, what? Curse. 1 Corinthians 16.22. Let me see what that says. 1 Corinthians 16.22. 1 Corinthians 16.22 says, if any man love not the Lord Jesus Christ, Christ, let him be anathema maranatha. You know what that means? That means to be excluded or excommunicated from the coming of the Lord. That's what it means. He said at that time there's not going to be no more curse. There won't be no more exclusions from me. Because I'm going to have all from this section that I need to be with me. 1 Corinthians 16, Let's write it down and we'll go back. Back over here to Revelation. It says that, verse 3 says, And there shall be no more curse, but the throne of God and the Lamb shall be in it, in where? In the city. And his servants shall serve him. And they, mm, now look what's happening. If they're going to be inside this city and the servants, which is the material of the city, and it's alive now, they're going to be serving him. You see, he's going to be in it, just like he's in here now. And if this is the city, that's, it's going to be serving what's inside. It's the same thing on, the, on a much spiritual level. We're talking about a 1,500-mile city that's constructed out of the soul's man now. And it's moving through the universe. I'm trying to give you a revelation of what it is. And God is in the midst of it. And that thing is moving. Now, I don't know what God has planned for us fully. And probably never will know until I get with him. But I do know this, that it's going to be more than what we're being told. And I do know this, that I better hush. Better hush. Okay, all right. Now, verse 4 says, look at verse 4. Revelation chapter 22, verse 4. It says, and they shall see his what? But no man can look at him, right? 
But when you get into that man-child state, you'll be able to look at his faith. In other words, all we're able to do now is look at the backside of God. And he's up ahead. But then we'll be up in there looking at his face. That means we're going to know what he knows. That's heavy, y'all. Because we're going to be up there with him. And we're going to see everything he sees. Because you up there looking at his face. You've been behind him. But he gonna, he said, come on up. I'm, I'm, I'm going to make you rule over a minute. You're going to be riding with it. And you'll be able to see his face. I'm reading it here. Now, if I'm able to see his face, that means I'm able to see what he sees. That's too big for you. You, you, you. you don't think God will think enough about his creation as man, who he made in the image and the likeness of him. He already done gave you a glimpse. He said, do, am I, do, do, I'm not, every, before I do anything, I always show my service properly. Then he goes, now it says we'll see him through a dark glass, darkly. But then we will know as we are known. You understand? You see, right now we don't know what manner of love that God has bestowed upon us. But when he comes, we know. That when he comes, we'll see him as he is. We'll be just like him, it says. We'll be able to look at him face to face, and he'll show us. When you look at him face to face, that means that he's going to download everything into you that you need to know about him. Because you his son, and now you done grew up. Now you God, too. I hope I didn't scare you. I hope I didn't. I hope I didn't scare you. What happens when a child grows up? He's a boy, then he grows up to be a man. What do you think you're going to do, a son of God going to be when he grow up? God do. You've been made. He, you are his offspring. Now, church folk can't get it like that. They'll run up out of here. Oh, he's gone crazy. But that ain't what the book tells you. Do you not know that you are God? But he said, you'll die like a man. Why? Because you sin. From the beginning, God wanted us to be God over this right here. He ain't left his plan. He ain't lost his plan. All he's going to do is wipe this old out and bring in a new. And, 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 and do a new. If any man in Christ, be in Christ. He's a new creature. Old things have passed away. All things become new. He's going to make that thing anyway in you the way it's supposed to be. And you're going to reign with him. Now that's coming out of that poverty mind, sis. That's coming out of the poverty mind. That, that's, that's what you got to get out of. That's the poverty mind that you got to get out of. Not because you ain't got no money to heck with that. Get God. Get God. That's what you get. And I guarantee you, God will make it happen. But get God. Get out of that poverty mind that I don't deserve this from God. You deserve everything God will give you. And he's given you all spiritual blessings in heavenly places. And you deserve it all. Now that's the mind of wealth right there. If we're going to break anything, that's the mind that we got to put into the people. 
That's the one. Because I went by a man today, the Deacon Black, that died. And they built a $2 million church over there. That church ain't been there and they ain't been in two months good. And all that work and all that pressure of getting that thing built, and I still say it has something to do with it, killing it. But anyway, he ain't have time to enjoy it. And had one of them coming over here that you was teaching computer to that did. She didn't have time to enjoy it either. So what good is it? What good is your big old building? Your $2 million building? What did you take with you? When you can do the same thing here and get more done because out of a $2 million building, you ain't got no business coming over here using our computer. You don't spend all that money. You got a $10,000 a month mortgage. You done lost your mind, but you don't even know you crazy. And the people ain't got, people ain't got no job. Got them coming from North Carolina, hollering back, can you give us some food? Well, what about your pastor? Yeah, yeah we give you some food. Just come on over here to the place. Right away. Proud. Don't want your church that you go to to know that you hungry. So you want to play over there like you all that, but you want to come to us. The devil is a stinking lie. You ought to quit, Nicodemus. You need to stop it. You need to stop that foolishness, D. But they do. Because they want to be all that over there. But they really starving like a church mouse. And then they come over here. And we're going to give to them. Oh, we're going to do that. But maybe one day they'll understand just how pitiful they, they, they mentality is on that kind of stuff. Maybe. But he says that we're going to see his face. They shall. And his name shall be in their minds, which are their foreheads. And there shall be no night there. Ain't going to be no more adversity. And ain't going to be no more need for no candle. Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. See, so ain't going ain't, to ain't, ain't be no more need for that lamp. Because a lamp don't let you see but one step ahead of you. He said we're going to see him face to face. Neither the light of the sun, because we're going to be above. That thing called love that we know down here. We're going to be above that. See, it's going to take it to a whole new dimension. Whole new dimension. For the Lord is going to be the one to give the light. And they shall reign. They shall reign. Rule. That means there's going to be some kings, right? And some priests. Because the Bible says in Revelation 1, 6 that he has made us kings and priests, rulers and sacred rulers of that which God has placed us on, which is the eternity of the eternity. Because now what he owns, we own. And he said unto me, do what I like. He said, these things are faithful and true.
In other words, you can trust this, people. You can trust this eternal word. It's faithful and true. The Lord, the Lord God of the holy prophets sent his angels to show unto his servants the things which must shortly be done. Shortly. But it goes on down here, and I'm going just back. He said in verse 10, don't seal this book up. Y'all see it? Don't seal up the prophecy of this book. Don't do it like Daniel. See, in Daniel 12, 9, he said, Daniel, go your way. Seal it up. Book is sealed. Daniel said, I don't understand. Seal the book up, Daniel. You'll be in the lot to stand it in the last day. In other words, I got your back. But in Revelation, he says in verse 10, here, don't seal it up. Leave it open. He said, why? For the time is at hand. Now look what God said. That's why I told y'all I ain't running no billy goats. And ain't nobody going to come up in here trying to tell me I need to do this, I need to do that, I need to go here. No. Look this word here. He said, for the time is at hand. Look what verse 11 said. He said, he that is unjust, let him be what? Still. And he, he which is filthy, let him be what? Still. And he that is righteous, let him be righteous what? Uh-huh. And he that is holy, let him be holy. What? Still. And behold, I come quickly, he said. And my reward is with me to give every man, every man, according as his work shall be. Whatever the state he is in, the man is in right now, let him be it. Give the word. And that's what he wants to still be. Don't you let him bring you with him. Whatever you want to be. Oh, he ought not to. I can hear old Joel Osteen now. Oh, you know, God, he, 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 he don't ever talk about no sin or nothing. That's why it's easy to get 50,000 people if you don't ever preach about sin. You a hope guru. But what about the rest of the story? You let them start popping that word off and watch them start getting out money up there. Well, see, they ain't going to do that. Because they're superstars. They're superstars. They ain't preaching on no sin. They not. I just tell it like it is. I don't care. Y'all might go for that kind of stuff, but I don't go for it. I'm a whole time preaching. I just preach it like it is. I'm not moved by none of these newfangled preachers. I'm not. They don't move me. Don't nothing move me but this word. I don't care. As long as I'm in this word and God bless me, he's showing me that I'm doing it the right way. Because I got a home in glory. I'll get mine later. Let's go to John 6, talking about this faithful and truth. John 6 chapter. Amen? Amen. John 6 chapter, verse 63. It says, It is the Spirit that does what? Quick. Which means to make a lie. And the flesh profits what? So why are we always running this old stuff? This old material stuff. 
St. John 6, verse 63. The words that I speak unto you, they are spirit, and they are what? Life. But look what he said. But there are some of you that don't do what? Some of you don't believe. For Jesus knew from the beginning who they were that believed not, and who should betray him. Now watch what the word said. And he said, Therefore said I unto you that no man can come unto me except it were given unto him of my father. See, they won't preach that a lot of them won't. Because they want to be all right with Islam and everything else. I ain't trying to be all right with that. The Bible says if you preach any other gospel, you're cursed. It doesn't matter nothing. Uh-uh. Another one matter nothing? Oh, no. But look at verse 66. He said, from the time. Look what Jesus said. Therefore said I unto you that no man can come unto me except it were given unto him of my father. See, he was preaching to a lot of his disciples. But watch what his disciples did when he put the truth on them. Watch 66. From that time, many of his disciples did what? They left him. And walked no more with him. Then said Jesus unto the twelve. Evidently, they don't want to live. Hello, 12. Will ye also go away? So, whatever house of death is going through, Jesus went through it too. Then Simon Peter, the hearing of the word of God, answered him, Lord, to whom shall we go? Thou hast the word of eternal life. Have, have you not been taught the word of eternal life tonight? Or did you get the social gospel? Do y'all understand? Can, can, have y'all matured enough yet to know the difference? I'm talking to everybody in here. Amen. Have you matured enough to know the difference between a spiritual word and a social word? Amen. I want to see the hands. I want to see my people. Do you know the difference? So I still got to work on Sister Rock because she evidently. <laughs> no, I'm just saying. It ain't nothing personal. <laughs> I said, I said, everybody show that. Did I say that? I'm still working on it. Got to work on it a little bit more. It's the difference between the eternal work. You're doing good, Robin. I'm just joking at you. I know you're preoccupied. But I know that you know the difference between a social gospel where you left from and a spiritual gospel. Because if you didn't, you wouldn't be here now. So I know that. See, see, the Bible say, if I be lifted up, Jesus said, I'll draw all men to me. But who is man? Man is those that's made in the image and the likeness of God, spiritual and heavenly. So you got to reach that level before you can be drawn. You can be drawn to church, but to be drawn to the kingdom, that's a whole different realm now. So it's good to know that y'all know the difference between a social gospel and a spiritual gospel, an eternal gospel. Because a social gospel will keep your mind on things on the earth. But an eternal gospel will keep your mind on, set on things above, not on things down here, you see. Because our home, this is not our home. Our home is in eternity with God. In my father's house, there are many mansions. 
And if it weren't, I saw, I would have told you. So now God has promised to go and prepare a place for us. So that what Jesus said, where I am, you will be also. Now that's what we have to look forward for. That's what we have to look forward for. Not about this other stuff. Do not allow yourself to be burdened down by all of this stuff that's breaking up marriages and causing problems in your homes and stuff. Stop it. And get with God and allow God to settle the issue. Because the issue is not going to be settled in no marriage or nothing else until you settle it within yourself with God. Until you humble yourself and stop trying to do it your way. You and your family is going to always be in turmoil. It don't make no difference who it is. I wake up in the morning and I tell, I tell baby, I love you. I take emails and I send emails to my wife telling her how I love her because I love my wife. See, keep that thing alive. Keep that thing connected. And don't let the devil come in. Don't let children come in the way. Don't let other family members come in the way. See, you didn't marry other family members. The Bible said that a man shall leave his father and his mother and he shall cleave to a wife and the two shall become one. That's word. And if you ain't doing that, then you're wrong. Wrong. That's what's breaking up these marriages. And you're doing just what the devil wants to do because when your marriage break up, now a house divided can't stand. It weakens you. When you don't put your money together as a team, am I talking to anybody in here? Won't that break a marriage up? When you don't put your money, it's mine. It's my car. It's mine. You got that old owl called Seth, and I wish I could just take a butcher knife and rip it up out you. Because you killing yourself and everything that God want to do for you. And I'm going to preach at the end of these sermons. I'm preaching on marriage just about every Saturday night until I feel that there's a breakthrough. Because this stupidity don't make no sense. It's stupid, and it needs to be stopped. How are we going to get to heaven? And we down here, we can't even get along with our wife and our husband. How are we going to do it? The Bible says that we're supposed to dwell together in knowledge with each other. And the man is supposed to love his wife knowing that she is the weaker vessel. And that they are heirs together to the things that are pertaining to life. And it said, if you do these things, then your prayers won't be hindered. But we are hindering our prayers, people, because of the way that we're communicating. If anybody got a problem with that, take it up with God. Take it up with God. These folk on these phones, and coming up in your homes and causing problems. Stop it. You're wrong. You're wrong. 
wrong. It's me and my wife. I done cut a whole bunch of my family loose and hers too. Oh yes, have I not? I, see, I can use this for an example. See, cause we don't have nothing to hide. You know, if I'm hot, I tell you I got hot with her. But I'll cut them Yahoo loose. One, whether they're from my family or whether they're from yours, don't make no difference with me, do it. I didn't marry them. I'm not obligated to them. I'm going by what the words say. You don't let no family member come up in there and put that whisper trying to divide you. They're not going to be there for you when you need them the most. They're going to talk crazy to you. You're the fool. All they want to do is knock you out because they don't like the fact that you're being blessed. See, when a marriage is stuck sticking together and communicating, see, that pushes Satan out the way and he go crazy because it don't make no difference. People don't like to see people happy. And we fall for this foolishness. I'm going to preach on marriage every Saturday night after I finish. I'm going to do me a little sermonette on marriage. Until God tell me to stop. And y'all going to be going home mad, but it don't make no difference. Because I'm going to cut that devil up out of you. Because you got that old devil up in you, and that old devil, you know it. Got that old devil up in you. Them old horns growing all on your old head. I told you. Cut the head off with the horns. Cut it off. Because if we don't, see, we're responsible to tell you the truth. And we see where you're messing up at. We can't let you keep going that way. Not without rectifying it. See, it's got to be, it's, it's got to be dealt with. Because if we don't, then the blood going to be on us. Because we could have saved that marriage by telling them the truth. Not telling them what they want to hear, but telling them the truth. Now it takes two to tangle, don't it? Two. Don't it take two? Don't it take two? Don't it take two? Can anybody in here tangle alone? Oh, it's tight up in here. It's tight. It's tight up in here. It's tight up in here. It's tight. It's tight. Well, let me get back over here. I can't breathe. Take two to tight. It ain't no one person's fault. Both. 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 I know the Holy Ghost speaking to me. Take both. So what we got to do first of all is get our little old crazy self off to ourselves and look inside and get self right. Then come back. Leave 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 your gifts at the altar. Don't even get on your knees till you get it right. Because God ain't hearing that. Unless his word's a lie. 
He said, you know, if you got off, <laughs> you got to get it right. Leave your gift at the altar. You know, leave your prayer. Just leave it there. Go. Check yourself out. Get yourself together. Come back. Get some forgiveness in it. I'm sorry. Forgive me. Let's get this thing right. What do we need to do? Because we're getting off course here. It's easy to get off course, and every marriage gets off course sometimes. But it's going to stay off course if you don't ever have sense enough to sit down and talk about it. It ain't going to ever get right. Until it becomes so messed up, until it becomes an irrevocable situation. You can't correct it. Now all you got now is broken promises, broken hearts, broken pocketbooks, and you might have a broken head when somebody busts you in the head. I don't know. But anyway, our marriages are all that we have. Now, I told y'all last week that everything that we do in marriage is concerning Christ, the mystery of Christ in the church. I told you that. I, I'm not telling you something that I'm not listening to myself. See, it helps me to be a better husband. Because I can't stand up here and preach to you about being a better husband and not practice it. So we all got to practice this thing, you see, because everything that we do in marriage, everything is concerning Christ in the church. Now, you start looking at this thing, and I'm closing. You start looking at this thing like, okay, what I'm doing in my marriage, is it what God would do with his church? And then some of this so insanity that we do, and we stop it. We stop it. If we went by this book, this book says a man shall leave his father and mother and cleave to his wife, and the two shall become one. Didn't say nothing about no young one. It didn't. Didn't say nothing about no in-law. I can't see it in here. Let me see. Maybe I missed it. Well, I might have missed it. Let me go just read it. Let's see here. Two, Genesis 2, verse 24. Therefore shall a man leave his father and his mother and shall cleave unto his wife, and they shall be one flesh. I don't see no in-laws, I don't see no children, I don't see none of that. All I see is that obedience is better than sacrifice. And that's where the problem come in. Because we still trying to do our marriages like we do everything else our way. Instead of God's way. That's why the church is in trouble. That's why you got so much hell in the church. The same hell you got at home, you got in the churches, don't you? Why? Because they didn't go by this. 
You go by this, you'll have a happy marriage. You go by this, you'll have a happy church. You go by this. But if you go by this, you probably won't have all these chairs filled up either. But that is all right because my head don't hurt as bad as it used to. It hurt a little bit tonight, but my head don't hurt nowhere near as the spiritual warfare that I used to be up again. Because y'all are a good crew, and I love you guys, you know. Let's stand. Anybody got any uh, uh, prayer requests? Anything?